So now I have to mod- now I have to modulate my voice. I shouldn't scream. Mm-hmm. We read about the Akedah on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. And the Oysir of the Akedah, Rabbi Yudas describes this. The version Ramin has Yerushimayim. Now, if you look at Ramavino, Kabbalistically, he represents the Vedic Tessid. He's Russian Raminim. He's described as Avram Oyevi, the Novi. That's described as Avram Avdi. But the combination of the, his Nisernus, if you give him the title of Yerushim, he has Yerushimayim. That's the Kriya that we read in the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Now, that Pusik is not really very fair. That's how we ever say it over. Even that we have a problem with just to have Yira. Uh, the Pusik continues. The Pusik says, so Bershon says, what I want to say, I just want Yira, keep all the mitzvahs, be like a Kodesh Borofu, have Abbas Hashem, just like, that's all I want. I just want Kodesh Borofu, that's all I want, is just Kodesh Borofu. What does it mean, all that's all, I just, I just want Kodesh Borofu. What? What's interesting, we look at the Bershon, that's how we read the Pesach, the Pesach Taka reads like that, because I'll say, Kodesh Borofu, because Yira Shemayim, Shemayim, that's why you saw Moa Hashem, Lechech Hashem, and Mokhtim the Yira. It's because now look at the Pusik that there's a comma there. And then, if you have Yira, you will be able to do all the other things. So, I'm not asking you for all these things. Because then, what's the Pusik mean? I'm not asking for everything, I'm just asking for everything. It doesn't make any sense. What is left out? At the end of the question, nothing. So the person says, I don't want anything, but I, I don't want everything, I just want everything. So it can't mean that. So Chazal understands it means, Kim the Yeras Hashem and that lamela will give you lechet. B'chol derochah v'lahavu yisori l'avnas Hashem l'kechah b'chol levavchah b'chol nafshecha lishmar mitzvah Hashem as kol kisav v'sharach v'mitzvah v'adam. Everything else will follow when it's right. So year is very important. And of course, um, we talk about person, person. Yeah, information on shidduch. Does he have yirshemayim? Yes, he has yirshemayim. Right. That's the question. Most people I've never got questions. Does he have Avas Hashem? I've never, I've never got that question in, in a Shidduch question. I always got Yerushalayim as a question. Um, does he learn? You know, but we don't ask that, that, that. That's a defining element of what it means. So let's talk about Yerushalayim a little bit. Now we, we we don't like talking about Yerushalayim because when we talk about Yerushalayim, we're like this touchy feely generation. We like Ava, like you know, love. The love is really cool, you know. Shlomo Kalba, you know, whatever it is, you know, love, 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 right? Okay. Right? Yira sounds scary. <laughs> right? <laughs> For some strange reason. And that's incorrect understanding of Yira. We're, we're, we're putting our hands in, 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 
in the he discusses, as I mentioned this last month, that he discusses this this ethical, this this philosophical question. We know that the human being is created with Samuel the king, which means whatever hanhagas we have, midas we have, really are rooted in the hanhagas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the, is the Roshim scared of anything? Does Roshim have Yira? Was he scared of? So what do I mean? We're supposed to have Yira. Roshim's not scared. What are we scared of? So is that true that a man has something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have? So he presents this as a philosophical question. He says it's a mistake. He, brings, he says that the, the, the person who asked the question was the, 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 the person who put, the, put out the term of the which is all about the Haggas of Kodesh Baruch and how we are ma'ur those in Haggas of Yugimil Shorachimim by being dragged like a Kodesh Baruch We get to Yugimil Shorachimim, it doesn't mean just to say them, it means to do them. So in the introduction, the person who put it out, uh, raise this question, the, the Madhur put it out, raise this question. Right now there's been other Madhurs since then, but that, that the, the Madhur he was using was put out by somebody who raised this question. He says it's a mistake. Ruban in Parshas Yisroi talks about Ava and Yiro, that, that the Mitzvah Sayer construed as to be the concept of Ava, Ruban says, Rosa says construed to be Yiro, and Abu, we know, is more important than the year, and that's why Esther's the Cholosa say. That's the language of the Ramban there in Parshish Yisrael. He says, what does that mean? And it says, Aseiz or Abu, and Rosa says a year. You know, listen, I love you, I'll do, I'll do things for you, but don't tell me what not to do. <laughs> that I won't do for you. Of course, if I love you, I'll be careful not to hurt you. I, I will listen to you, what's important to you. I won't, I won't transgress. I won't go again. Why says, do my favorite, just don't. Speak right now. He says, "Listen, I love you, but I don't. I don't, I don't scare you. So I'm not, not going to listen to you. <laughs> I don't have to listen to those essays. That's ridiculous, and, and vice versa." He says, "It's not what it means." That's what Hutner says. He says, "Ava is when two people come together, two parties come together, and they sort of meld together. The the the, the between the two, the separation, the, the, the division, is is weakened. They become one." Yira is a very strong awareness of the separation, of the gap. So I'm walking late at night, uh, and I'm working in not the nicest neighborhood. I see a guy coming towards me, and he's twice my size, and he has uh, this evil gleam in his eye, and he's carrying a bat in each hand. So why am I scared? Because I'm acutely aware of the limitation that I have as a be this individual. So I'm aware of the gap between myself and this individual, so therefore I'm scared. If I was having three bats in each hand, and I was 350 pounds, and I was a football player, I wouldn't be scared because there's no gap. So here is the awareness of the gap. It says, the Vizimiya Kodesh Poroku, the year is not, we're scared he's going to hurt us. The year is the awareness of the gap. I just, I just mentioned recently, I was, I was, I was actually here Marsha Feinstein once in my life. We got so many times, Marsha was so many times. For Marsha, we, we were in New York for a chasna, it was a bunker, we were in New York for a chasna. We said, you know, Marsha was already in his 90s. It wasn't often that we got to New York, we should take the opportunity to go see her Marsha. So we, we stayed overnight after the chasna, we were on the way back to Cleveland, but we figured we'll, we'll go to the, the to uh, MTJ, where Marsha Davin, to Yeshiva, and uh, we'll see Marsha. So that's what we did. Recommendation, if you ever try a situation like that, Davin first. 
I didn't daven, we didn't daven first, and I basically spent the whole davening staring at Ramersha and not davening. Because how can you not stare at Ramersha? I just like, I wanted to watch every single thing that he did, how he was doing, what he was doing, how he was, I, I, I was busy, I mean, I, I'm sure I said the words, but it was like, I can, at Peshat's mice, I already said, look, this was, this was, a, this was a wash. Um, I was in awe of Ramersha. Now, Ramersha was about five feet tall. And he had this, he had this beautiful smile. There was nothing scary about Ramersha, except that you were in total awe of the fact that you were so small compared to Ramersha. This was the person which, he was, the, he, he knew everything. I mean, as I got older, I started learning Ramersha Shubas, and just, the, the, his spineless of what Ramersha, his, 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 his control of Shas, of, of Chazal, of, 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 of he writes truths. He, he argues with shachs and tanzas. He, 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 he's not scared of it. He, he knew everything. He was the person who got in America. And he had, he had, he had, so also Meyachas him like that. Rabbi Yashem and Shemazalman's reverence to Ramosha. I'm standing in front of this person. I, I, I don't come to his toes. That's era. That's reverence. That's awe. It's an extreme awareness of the gap between myself and him. The year of a Kodesh Baruch, we have to Kodesh Baruch, we were extremely aware of the gap between ourselves and our Creator. There's no bigger gap in the world between a Creator and a creation. That's here. So that sounds pretty basic. It sounds pretty easy. Like when they just you know, take a little bit, you know, here, yeah, I'm creation, his creator, done. Right? We should all walk around with turn us to your Shemayim. Right? What's illogical about that? The Terrace of Rome, Rome Gazinski, has a fascinating insight into Gamor and Sanhedrin. Gamor and Sanhedrin says that Antoninus asked Reino Akadosh, at one point in time does the Yitzhahar enter into the, to the this fetus? What, at what moment? So he gives an option of the moment of conception or the moment of birth. So Rebbe says, from the moment of conception, he brings a positive seems to support that. So the Indra says it can't be. The Yitzhahar would enter into the child from the moment of conception. The child would be buried by Imam The child would kick out through the abdominal wall and come out. So Rebbe says, you're right. The Yitzhahar enters into the child at the moment of birth. The Pesach Tatas it's like the Pesach says, that at, 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 as the child comes into the world, that's when the Yitzhahar enters into the child. Ad Khan the Gemara. So Ravron Grudzinski, Hashem Yikam Dama, was the last Meshkiach of Slobodka. Um, he, was killed in, you know, he was killed in Slobodka by the Nazis, Yimach Shmom. Um, he might be more well known to some of you. He had a son-in-law named Revolva. Uh, yes. A son-in-law named uh, Rick Reisworth. So that might be more well known to you. The Yitzhahar works with a sales pitch. He's selling something. So what's he selling? Like he comes to the baby, you know, to listen, like, you know, like, you think it's geschmack in here, you can't imagine what it's like out there. Like, what's the sales pitch? Now we have to stand the problem, because the Lord says in Nida, that Eev, who's bemoaning his fate, says, I wish I could go back to Yarche Kedem. So the says, to the, to the months of yore, you know, like most people say that the years of yore, you don't say the months of yore, the days of yore, what's the months of yore? Like, what's, I, I yearn for those old, those good old months. 
Like, it's a strange lotion, right? Good for the good old days or the good old years, but I don't talk about the. Somewhere it says it's referring to the time of a child with its mother's stomach. There's no point in, the, in, a, in a human's life where he's shorter b'tayiv like the child in his mother's stomach. He knows kula. It's the best time of his life. Okay, so the Yitzhar has to sell something over it, right? Because this is the best. Now, let's, that's the other half. Now, when the child comes out before he's supposed to come out, the child dies because he's not ready to live yet. He can't, can't, doesn't have, can't absorb the air and nutrition. It's, it's not ready yet. So the Yitzhar comes and says, listen, it's great here. You got, you're going to die. Let's go. And yeah, and the, guy, the baby says, yeah, I'm in. So, and Rebbe says, you're right, because if it would be Yitzhar, he would, that's, we, we, all the babies would do that. We'd all, we'd all die. Right? So it must be the bit that the Yitzhar only comes later. So, so what's the sales pitch that the Yitzhar is selling? It doesn't sound like a very good sales pitch. So, so the Tarsus Rama says, he's selling one thing. He's selling independence. We, you know, some of you are teenagers. Some of you are beyond being teenagers, but you're glorified teenagers, right? See, either for yourself or for for a friend, asking for a friend, right? Um, you know the type of guy, like he says, listen, you know, Rebbe, if you wouldn't have said anything, I would never do that because it's ridiculous. But now you told me not to, I'm going to do it, but after this to show you I can do whatever I want. That's total idiocy, by the way, right? I know it's bad for me. I know I shouldn't take the drugs or drink this thing or whatever it is. I know. I know it's bad for me. And I wouldn't do it. But now you told me not to. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to show you. I can do whatever I want. That's what independence. The most basic need that he, the desire the human being has is he wants to exist. He wants to non existence. Now, reality is we don't exist. We, we exist in a Kaddish Baruch's Imagination, the Russian created us. He gives us existence. We have no intrinsic existence. See, Sarah comes along and says, you know what? You know how you can exist? By exerting your independence, you don't have to listen to God. Because then, you attack exist. Now you have an existence other than God's purpose giving it to you, because you're going against God's word, and you still exist. Uh -huh. Now you exist. Well, you know, the people who went through the war, you know, they, 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 they left messages, don't forget us. She's some member of the fact that we walked the face of the earth. We were here, we exist, is the most basic desire the human being has. We want existence, and we crave it because we don't, we don't really exist, we crave existence. But Yisim Kelokim, the Nochesh's pizza is, you can be your own intrinsic existence. You don't, you're not going to get it from someone, you can be God. Like, do I really want to be God? I don't want to be God. I don't want to, you know. That's a lot, of, a lot of responsibility. But I want to be that I am me without getting it from the God's world. That's the sales pitch. And so the more that sales pitch is so powerful that we will listen to it to the stupidest things in the world. To killing ourselves and giving up everything which is good for that. Yira is asking us to do that. I was not asking us to do that. I was, you know, we become, we fuse to become one. I'm not asking you to give up your existence. You exist together in, in a wonderful relationship. Here is the awareness of how small you are. You are nothing. You are nobody. You are, have no power. You are garnished. We resist that with every fiber of our being. Because that's very uncomfortable. It means we're saying we don't really exist.
Rosh Hashanah is the day, probably the most direct day of the year, which forces that onto our, onto our consciousness. You are getting judged whether you live or die. You have no intrinsic existence. Rabbi Khalsa writes in one place that says, you know, people don't walk around scared from Yom and the Royal. says, they tell them, I'm sick of what's right. Right? That's what it says. So the person says, you're making a mistake. I'm the Muxik and you're the Mochi. So now prove it. But we don't like thinking about that because that means we don't exist. So Aramavinu was the person who bequeathed the concept of Yira to, to the world. You know how you exist? By giving over your being to Kodesh Boruchu. The Bershah created a whirlwind. When you do Torah Mitzvahs, you get scars if you did that. You didn't do it. The, the Garden says that because he pays the person like his, like, like his actions. She says, hmm. So I, I hire a worker, and I may ask him to work, and I pay him, and then somebody does I paid him. And I owe him the money. The Russian is asked to do it, so he do it, so he pays it. So, he's a big What's the chesed? So, the, the, so he says, let's say I hire a fellow to, to, to build a house for me. So I pay him, I pay him for, the, for the work for building the house. I don't give him the house. We create through our tournaments, as we create, binyanim and shamayim, we create tikkunim in the alamas, Bershom gives us those tikkunim, they're ours. That's chesed. He lets us be builders together with him through Torah and mitzvahs. Aramino is the person who bequeathed that to the world. At this point in time, most of you should have turned to me at all because you have no shaykhs to that. I mean, that's most of us walk around here, we have reverence for Kadesh Baruch we are building alumnus, and wow, we're so motivated now to do tshuva mitzvahs. So there's this thing called the uh, Yerush Ha'anish. So what is Yerush Ha'anish? So Yerush Ha'anish, I mean, basically goes like, if you do bad, you're going to be punished. So, okay, let's talk about that for a second. It's also the awareness of that this, you're, you're, there's something out there which is scary to you. So uh, there's a safer Rishis Chachma the Yeshiva has. This Rishis Chachma. The Rishis Chachma has a section called Mesetes Gehenna. I don't recommend reading it, but even if you do, I w- am willing to wager it will ma- make zero impact on your decisions in life. Because Gehenna is seventy years hence, eighty years hence, ninety years hence. It's not in front of your eyes. Who are we trying to convince? We're trying to convince our neshamas. Our neshamas are in from day one. We're trying to convince the goof. The goof is into immediate gratification. So listen, goof, don't do it because seven years from now you're going to burn a Gehenna. It just doesn't sell. And if it does, I'd really like to meet you. Like, you know, I'd like to meet the person that that works. So once upon a time, the people, they walked around with taka, with pacha, you know, they're going to live and they're going to die. There's a mice that 
with one of the Nevarvikas uh, uh, during, the, during the Russian Revolution, so he was caught. So what the two sides had in common, the, the whites and the reds, is they hated the Jews. The reds liked the Jews better than the whites. So, you know, the, the whites were the stars, etc. They hated the Jews. The communists said they liked Jews till they had a chance to hate the Jews, and they hated the Jews too, right? But of course, a lot of times the Jew was in the middle, and they, they, they would, the Reds would accuse the, the Jew that he's working for the whites is like ridiculous, and the whites say he was working for the Reds. So this the Barnaker Buffer was was by was caught by the the whites, and he's accused of working for the Reds, and they're gonna they, they're gonna so they did a a, a kangaroo court, and they decided that he's he's gonna be killed by firing squad. So they put him up against by firing squad. They have the fellows over there. They give the, the command to shoot, and the guns jam. So there's this there's this custom in firing squad honor firing squad. If the person is not killed, he goes free. So this person was by the wall, with people aimed rifles at him, and he's about to die, and he's freed. Shortly after, he gets back to his kibbutz buffer that he got, you know, from the from the Nevardic yeshiva. And they asked him, "Can you describe that feeling? Like, how do you describe that feeling? It, it, you know, they're counting down three, two, one. They say one. You know that you're dying in one second. How do you describe that feeling?" So he's grappling for words. I mean, how do you find words to describe that? It's like it's like an Elavim Kipper. Now, raise your hand if that's how you feel like when you're leaving Kippur. Okay. We don't relate to this. We don't walk around with pachad mobis. So the Russian says, okay, we're going to punish you. We're going to, like, so, like, we need to talk the language of the body. We need to convince the body that this is good. So, so far, we haven't found a language that talks to the body. Right? You gotta speak the language, you know? I don't speak the language. You gotta speak the language to the body. The language of the body is not God is reverent, you know, or the language of the body is you're gonna die 50 years from now. I mean, yeah, that's true. Most people do that, you know. It just doesn't motivate me. Right now, I wanna eat whatever. I believe in every single person in this room wants to be a better person. I believe that with every 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 fiber of my being. We're we're getting, we want to be better. We know we want to be better. We, we're to our, so We want to be better people. And somewhere between this thought process in our head and our heart, something happens. I'm going on a diet. I know it's very important for me. I need to go on a diet. I need to stop eating these things. They're not good for my health, etc. Just one time. I'll, I just, I'll only eat one, right? Lace potato chips. Nobody can only eat one, right? How many times have you told yourself that stupid argument? Anybody could say once, raise your hand, right? Whatever it is, the guy sitting for a center, he wants to learn. Of course, it's important to learn. I want to learn, yeah. I just want to tell you one Gishmaka Mice and then we'll learn. Next thing you know, it's 20 minutes later, half an hour later. Now, you realize that this happened yesterday and the day before and the day before and the day before. So why do you think it's going to be different today? So they, they attribute to Einstein the, the saying that, that the definition of lunacy 
is attempting the same thing again and again and expecting to get different results. Rabbi we are in an insane asylum. Wrong lunatics. And it's a chazal. person is not quite eloquent because of We all do the same stupid things again and again and again and again and again. I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm just going to hit my alarm for five minutes. And I want to be in time for Of course I want to be in time for davening. Who doesn't want to be in time for davening? Raise your hand, please. I don't want to be in time for davening. I like to be late. No, nobody says that. I mean, okay, there are many others which like four, take four hours, you'd rather come late. Okay, but of course we all want to be in time for davening. And, of course, we're all in time for davening. Because that's what we want. So what happens? We set the alarm and we go to bed. And the alarm rings. And then we say, you know, just five more minutes. How many times has that worked? It's worked so occasionally. A lot of times it hasn't. You know, I realize I really need to see bed earlier to make this work. I, I know that. I need to get more sleep. And I'll, I'll be able to get my time for davening. But, you know, it, it, my, I, I, just, I just saw this Kabbalah and Maisa from the Baal Shem to have a time. Okay, maybe. I'm being, being a little, a little bit um, overly justifying you. Okay, right? And what do you say to yourself afterwards? You say to yourself, fool, why did you do that? So I don't have to call you a fool. I don't tell you a lunatic. You say it to yourself. You feel bad that you did that. Not you feel bad. You beat yourself up in your head. I'm so frustrated with myself. That's our Yerusha Oynush. That's our Gehenna. That feeling of, I hate myself for doing this to myself. I'm, I'm shooting myself on the foot. Daily. I want to be Matsliach in my learning during the year. I want to be Matsliach in my davening. I want to be more careful in my Lashon Hara. I said, Lashon Hara, why did I do that? I hurt somebody's feelings. Why? I hate myself for doing this. I'm so, fr- I, I'm angry at myself. I'm frustrated at myself. The only difference is we need to figure out a way to tell us that to ourselves the second before we say it as opposed to the second we have to say it. That's the whole fight. That's the language of the body. Because you yourself say to your body, idiot body, stop it. I hate you for doing this. The body says, you know what, you're right, because our self-esteem, our self-respect, we want to respect ourselves. That's a basic need. Covet, you talk about covet, covet's a bad thing. Covet means that you respect yourself. That's what covet means. You want respect. The most basic respect is from yourself. If you don't get it from yourself, you ask everybody else to give it to you, because you don't have it inside of you. Rukhatsu Levenstein, which is the Bar Musa Par Excellence, I heard from uh, uh, a son of one of the, the Altamiras, Rukhatsu, when he was there in Shanghai, made a comment that says, Every person needs a spoonful of covet every day. You need a spoonful of that, it's not a spoonful of sugar, you need a spoonful of covet. Every person needs to know that he's valuable, he needs to respect himself. We want self respect, we want to respect ourselves, and we don't respect ourselves because we're so frustrated with how stupid we are. We do stupid things. And our avoidance is to try and figure out a way to move that thought process to the second before as opposed to the second afterwards. And then we say, what, that's our year of That's how we get the body in line to the awe that the, that the Neshama has for Kodesh Boruch. 
And the reason, it, it's, it's the biggest raya that our, our neshamas want that. Because if, if our neshamas didn't care, we wouldn't lose self-respect. I would argue, I don't know, I can't tell you for sure, I would argue that there's people, right, out there who do bad things which don't lose self-respect. Because they don't expect any more from themselves. They, that's who I am, that's who I, you know, that's who I am, that's who it is. Take it, cut it. But we want more from ourselves. And that's what we're frustrated with ourselves. Where does that come from? Because from, from, our head knows what's right and wrong. Our neshama knows what's right and wrong. We, we want it. We want it with, all, with, with a tremendous amount of our being. Just this, there's, there's this part of our being which is dragging us down. We need to talk that language. That language says, you don't want this because you're going to hate yourself in a minute from now for doing this. We, I say dear in the morning. So the, the, the shear starts at officially at 5.45 in the morning. So and now it's whittled down. It's four people come to the shear. But it, used to, it started with like eight to nine people. And one day I overslept. I, I came late. So I walk in, there's eight people waiting for me. And there's some crucial shops besides. We're learning, learning the lima besides, not part of the shear. Ten, twelve people in Mesh And I walk in half an hour late. I was embarrassed to the wazoo. And then the second time, I was also embarrassed. Then the fifth time, you know, again, it's 1 a.m. That's very dangerous. That first emotion was, I don't want to be the person who oversleeps this year. There's my battle terror from, ten, eight, from eight people. A half an hour of their learning, this is their learning for the day. So what happens? So some of them learned a little bit, some of them didn't, you know. What did I do? So the solution, we say, I, I, that's very uncomfortable. So the solution is, you know, we sort of lose our self-respect. Okay, you know, I'm the guy who does these things. It's okay. I'm the loser which does these things. Okay, so I'm a loser. So what do you want from a loser? That's a protective measure against the pain of the embarrassment of being, that we, we, when we look ourselves in the mirror. So I want to suggest the following. We have about a week and a half to Rosh Hashanah. Take something that means a lot to you, that you really want to correct yourself, which you have a challenge in. And keep a cheshman and nefesh each day at the end of the day, or twice during the day. Write, time, write down how many times you were successful and you were unsuccessful in controlling you. Suddenly you know you have a challenge. Because we sort of like gloss over, yeah, and it's not so, I'm doing okay, it's not so bad. Really, okay, so cheshman, how much time you learned today? You actually learned. Not really, on the clock, right? You say, you know, I would like to be learning 12 hours a day. This type of a and a bracha can learn 12 hours a day. It's very simple. It says you sleep eight hours, take two hours for davening, chakras, minchomaru, benching, two hours for eating, relaxing, etc. And you have 12 hours left to learn. You know what? I'm not holding by this type. I want to learn 10 hours today. Not how much you spent in Seder. How much, how much time did you actually learn? Well, I learned 14 minutes, then I should move 47 minutes, and then I, like, look at the piece of paper, look at yourself and say, I can't live with this. And once it's honest in front of you, you, you you're going to change. This is, this is not acceptable. I don't want to speak Lush and Hara. I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I want to be in time for davening. I want to be careful of my Shemir Sinai, whatever it is that you're working on. And keep a cheshman and have what you're doing. And if you're doing well, Baruch Hashem. But I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to take the things which, where you would like to change, you would like to do better, 
and you're having a challenge. And the way we, way we deal with it is by denying that we're doing so bad, because it's too painful to look ourselves in the mirror. Look at yourselves in the mirror for the next day, week, week. And after you look yourself in the mirror, you're going to say, you know what? It's so painful, I will change. Hopefully. That's our year so, that's our year so Irish. It's the Gehenna of our own self-respect, our own busha. Being 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 of somebody is the equivalent of killing him. The busha that we have is the equivalent of Gehenna. It's our Gehenna. And it's such a useful tool. It's a tool which says, you are not where you want to be, and you're not comfortable with that fact. And therefore the body feels the body feels shame. It hurts in your stomach. When I walked in that t- like the first time, it wasn't that I felt bad over here. My stomach hurt. My body hurt. Prison does an Avera and that, that they, they don't want to do, and afterwards they tremble, or they, their body, their stomach hurts. I can't believe I did that. It's a physical pain. That's the language of the body. That we need to try and teach ourselves to speak. The busha is the language of the body. The busha of ourselves. Nobody has to know about it. But to ourselves, that, that busha is what will give us the vehicle to get the body in line to be attuned to what the Nisham really wants to accomplish in the coming year. So that's our vehicle. The year is of what's going to be the Yamadin. I don't think it speaks to most of us. If it does, but we need to correct ourselves. This is the time of year where we want to really set in motion a plan. We have a six-month winter ahead. I hate to inform you. That six months of frustration of not meeting, having the respect of accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And if we can figure out a way now to set a motion that that shouldn't be, that would be such a wonderful accomplishment. Okay, two minutes later.